Diversity in Tech podcast with me, Jess Sutcliffe from Coltech Global. I am starting a series of Diversity in Tech podcast for a number of reasons, really, just to hopefully increase more diversity within the tech industry across the US. Um, so I'm speaking to a lot of tech leaders across the US about their companies, their experiences, and also, you know, what everybody can do a little bit more of to increase diversity representation within the industry. So our guest is the lovely Lauren Washington, co-founder of Funder um, Black Women Talk Tech and Talk Tech Association. I'm sure you can introduce yourself better than I can, so I'll let you take the floor. Of course. Well, I'm so happy to be a part of this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Lauren Washington. I'm currently the co-founder of Funder. And Funder is a platform that's automating seed investing to help remove bias from the process, create access and equity in the space, and also maximize returns for investors. So Funder is actually my fourth company. Um, I've been in the business for a while. And in my, my first company, Keep Up, we ended up winning $250,000 in the 43 North competition, and then eventually ended up just struggling to fundraise after that. And then a year later, I met the two women who would become my co-founders of Black Women Talk Tech. And just hearing that story over and over and over again from other Black women in the space made me realize there was a systemic issue here that we truly needed to address. And so that's where the idea for Funder came. Amazing. I mean, I guess that leads very nicely to my first question then. So, I mean, and I've touched on it a little bit there, but could you tell us a little bit more about Funder and the purpose of the company? Absolutely. So the way that it works is we are trying to be the one-stop shop for all investment deals and tracking. So the way it works is that these companies come in, they take an evaluation on 90 different pieces of data, and we're looking at the same things that early stage investors would normally look at, everything like team, market, traction, background, we even do a personality assessment on the founders, but we're scoring it, right? So we're bringing the quantitative element in so that we can help remove bias and bring more objectivity to the assessment. And so once we do that, we get a funder score, those vetted companies go into portfolios that investors can then diversify their money into so that they can remove some risk from their investments, but then also increase the odds that they're going to get a winner out of one of these 15 or 20 companies that they're investing in. Your odds go up significantly higher the more you invest in this somewhat risky asset. And so after that, we take care of all of the closings. So we have standardized term sheets. You can sign directly on our platform. You can transfer funds through us. And then we're tracking companies long-term through monthly reporting. So you can see how your portfolio is growing, who do you want to reinvest in? How can you jump in and help based on some of these monthly reports that are coming in? So we created this not only because there's some inefficiencies in the investing space, it takes startups on average six months to raise. I have heard that that time goes up to years for people of color or women. It takes them significantly longer to raise even just a million dollars for their first institutional round. And then on the investor side, it takes them about three to five years in order to build up a portfolio of 20 companies. So we're shrinking that down, um, giving more people access and opportunity, but also just bringing efficiency to the space. I couldn't think of a more perfect company to have as our first guest on the Diversity in Tech podcast. Like you say, the passion 
for diversity within the company I mean it just thrives within your explanation there I know you mentioned it can take a lot longer for women or people of colour or black women in the industry to get funding I don't know if this is a question that you can answer but I know you mentioned it's sort of related to what people class as risk potentially why do you think that may be I think it's exactly what you just said. It's about risk, right? And so often what happens in the investing community is that people do something called pattern matching, which means that if they have invested in a founder or a company or an industry that has been successful in the past, or if they've seen someone be successful, then they're looking for those same patterns in their future investments. And this is often unconscious. You know, it's one of those unconscious biases that we all do. We all create patterns. It's literally human behavior. <laughs> so yeah. we, we live by patterns. It's not something that I would say is, is purposeful, but what ends up happening is when you look historically on the people who've had opportunities to raise significant money and the people who've had successful companies because of that, they tend to be white men, right? If you ask someone to list five people who are white male tech founders, you could do it in an instant, right? Everyone knows those people. If you had to ask them to do the same thing for Black women, I think a lot of people would struggle. And because we are not seeing those patterns come through, oftentimes when it doesn't match, that looks like risk, right? So if you're outside of the status quo, then that means that you're a riskier bet. You have to prove more to me. We often see that founders of color are over-mentored and underfunded because they're often trying to offset what they feel like is a risky investment. So it therefore ends up taking a lot longer for them to raise funding than some of their counterparts. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a shame because I imagine the tech world is missing out on absolutely amazing talent and amazing companies by doing that. And I think I mentioned to you before, obviously, Coltech was a staffing business based in Austin, and that was my initial target area. However, even just and because one of my main initiatives here is to increase diversity representation within the tech industry. Even when I looked at female CTOs within Austin, I think I could count them on one hand, which mm-hmm. I had to open my horizons a little bit. But of course, with people like yourself that are starting companies like this, you know, hopefully we will see a little bit of change and hopefully I can input on some change as well within within the US. So I know you've touched a little bit on why you started Funder, but how did you go about creating Funder then? Funder came from a lot of research. So yes, some of it was based on my own experience and the conversations I had with thousands of women founders and investors who were part of Black Women Talk Tech, the conference that I created before I started at Funder. So I had a lot of anecdotal evidence, but I also wanted to make sure that what we were creating was backed up by science and research, right? So a lot of what is going into our algorithm are things that we know are true within the industry. So for example, we know that second-time founders tend to be slightly more successful than first-time founders. So that's something that we ask of them. We know that teams who have worked together previously tend to do better as well. And so we're asking all these different pieces, but then we're also aware of the bias that comes with some of these questions. So uh, one of the things we talk about is your past raise, right? What have you raised so far? And because we're 
generally in that pre-seed area, the money that's probably come in has probably come through friends and family. But we know that certain demographics don't really have access to funding, friends and family, or, or certain resources. And so we're being cognizant of that. And we're asking and matching those types of groups and your opportunities to what you have done with your company as well. Just to jump off that then, I know it might be a little bit maybe soon to tell, but have you seen progress in helping minority groups within the company so far? Oh, absolutely. So our first pilot portfolio was over 50% women and over 50% minority. Also geographically, they were spread out. So 75% of them were not in the Boston, New York or San Francisco area. Some of that was intentional. But also when you look at these types of groups, you often see that you know, people have to go through alternative routes to find funding. So if they're not getting money from VCs or institutional investors, then they're probably going to different places to find it. So I think we also just statistically are bringing more women and more minorities to our platform because that's generally just the nature of, of crowdfunding and alternative ways of raising. Uh, if you can't find one route, you're going to go another route. But for us, that's really exciting because we're trying to get access to incredible founders. We are not necessarily looking at the fact that they're a Black woman. We are looking at their data. How much revenue have you brought in? What is your traction like? We're looking at these companies apples to apples, and we're seeing that regardless of race or gender, they're building incredible companies and they should be getting funding. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely an incredible way forward. And hopefully, like you said, nice interaction with it can you know, create more diverse companies in the tech industry and hopefully diverse networks as well. Speaking of diverse networks, why would you say it's important to build diverse networks and workforces within your companies? Yeah. So, you know, I think when people talk about diversity, they feel like we're just doing lip service, right? And, oh, well, why do we have to make way for people who are not as good necessarily or take jobs from people who, you know, who earned it? But I, I think we're, what we're missing is the fact that diversity breeds innovation, right? When you have diverse thought and not only diverse thought, but diverse experiences that can't be replicated, right? What I have gone through as a Black woman in America is nobody else can understand that unless they've been a Black woman in America, right? Yeah, And the, the perspectives the perspectives I can bring because of that to various pieces of business are, are really valuable. And I think it's time we start to truly value that for what it is. But not only that, but statistically, we see that when you have diverse teams, you actually do better. This is not only on the startup side, but when you look at boards for public companies, when there's diversity, their actual revenue and profit is significantly higher. And it's because of that exchanging of ideas and the ability to look at things from different perspectives, it only strengthens those companies. And so I think the more we can really you know, push that idea that this is not just about giving someone a place just because, but because there's actual business implications to it, I think people will start to see the value of that in the future. In terms of, like you said, making businesses a lot better, whether that's decision making or creative innovations within the company, having people that might think a certain way and then another way based on their experience growing up or within the workplace as a black woman or as part of the LGBT plus community, you know, somebody 
who has been in the company for 10, 20 years and has all the experience that they should have at that stage might not necessarily think of. It's so beneficial to the company as a whole and will eventually end up in revenue and in business as well. One of the main aims of Funder is challenging the system and encouraging more diversity within the tech industry. How have you and your team navigated a process to be able to do that? Yeah, so it's been difficult. I think anytime you're going against the status quo and for the venture capital space, the status quo is that individuals are have the, the magic touch, let's say, to choose companies, right? They just know and they get a feeling for it and you, you can't quantify that feeling, right? And so for us, it's really about making sure, again, that we're using that research and, and what we've created can be backed up and based on something, but then also proving that out over time, right? So what do we have in terms of data that shows that the companies we chose are really great, right? And how are they growing and are they moving towards exit? So being able to really prove out what we've done is incredibly important. So we can't just say, oh, this is better because you're going to get a lot of pushback on that. You have to actually show it. So I think for us, it's really about making sure we're creating a process so that over time we're really tracking those things and I, I can definitely see that application as well for the workplace right like you can track and see when you raise diversity in your company are you raising profits are you raising satisfaction of your employees right all of those things are really important to track so that you have something to lean on and you understand what your efforts are actually leading to Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's been so many studies and examples where employees of everywhere across the US value diversity inclusion, even if they are a white male, value mm-hmm. diversity inclusion within a company to make them feel a sense of belonging, like they can bring their true selves to work and not have to worry about people's, you know, opinions of their background, which is the way it, it should be, to be honest, that people don't have to do that. So just jump into the next question then, and it leads on nicely from that as well. How have you managed to balance the need to promote diversity against positively discriminating against the majority? Yeah, I I think that's a really interesting question because I think oftentimes when we look at bringing diversity in, what ends up happening is people see that as a loss. Right. Because some, if we bring more people in who are not me, that means someone else has to lose. Someone's losing that job. Someone's losing that funding. But I see it more as a balance. <laughs> you know, I think that yeah. historically we have not been balanced over time. And so that's really what we're doing. We're not even close to equity when it comes to uh, funding in the startup space. it it will take time and we're going to sort of move a little bit closer to equity in those spaces. So it may feel a little bit like a loss, but it's not. And I think what we have to start looking at is the idea of that there's abundance, right? There's enough for everyone. I think the more people who have opportunity, the better it is not only for that company, but the economy in general. You know, if you give more people opportunity to build something for themselves, whether they're founders or their employees, and they have the opportunity to grow and create wealth, that is going to be seen in our economy as well. And so I think thinking about the idea that the more opportunity you give people, the more abundance we're creating in general is a way to sort of look at this process versus looking at it as taking it away from somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to me personally, I think it's crazy that 
people view it as taking it away from somebody else. You know, a, a black woman in the industry is probably ain't the right, if not had to work a lot harder to be able to get to that position. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not taking away an opportunity. In my eyes, it's giving somebody an opportunity that they should have. Completely agree with what you're saying there. So, I mean, in terms of funder, then, obviously, I came across your profile on Built in Austin as one of the top five companies to watch out for in Austin, which is obviously a great achievement. So what are the future plans for Funder then? Our future plans and what we're implementing right now is we're actually expanding our product to work with different investing groups. So now we're bringing on angel groups, accelerators, VC firms, some private wealth firms onto the platform to use our process and our backend tools to help them not only help remove bias from their process, but also create efficiency around it as well. So that's the next step for us. And we're still fairly young in terms of the startup world. So we're really just pushing and growing. We're in a really hyper growth stage right now. So super excited about that. And then we're also relaunching our platform in January. So a lot of the work we've been doing this year is interviewing people and talking to our customers and like really figuring out how can we optimize and create a really exciting experience for our users. So I can't wait for that to launch in the next couple of months. It's going to be really exciting for everyone who's been a part of our journey and some of the new users we have coming on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure after this podcast, there's probably going to be quite a few people listening to this that will be interested in finding out a little bit more about Funder and working there. What do you look for within your candidates that you're interviewing? For us, it's really about, are you a a fit for not only uh, the mission that we're on, right? Because we really want people to understand why we're doing this. We are doing this to bring equity to the space. And so that is embedded in literally every decision that we make. We ask ourselves this all the time. We're also a remote company. We've been remote even pre-pandemic. And so can you be a self-starter? Can you work on your own? You know, can you take direction and kind of run with it? It is really important. And then we're a startup and we're fast growing, right? So it's, it's a very different culture from being in a corporate space where, you know, you may not, you may do a a normal nine to five and that's not necessarily what we're doing. So if you're interested in getting on the ground floor, growing, learning, but also being able to contribute a lot uh, to something because you can do a lot of different things, that's exactly what we're looking for in, in people to join our team. Absolutely. And I think um, just from who we work with within Austin and across the US, we mainly work with high growth startups because we think it's the most exciting part of the journey and you've got so much to come especially in terms of candidate side as well they've got so much benefit in terms of progression and growth there they can learn so much it's feeling less like part of the clog work in a company and feeling like you actually have an input within how things are run and the passion for the projects themselves as well it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you lauren i think funder is an absolutely amazing company you and your other co-founders have done an absolutely amazing job and hit the nail of the head of what is needed to be done and hopefully it will increase the diversity representation within you know founders of tech startups across the us and i imagine you're going to continue to grow significantly over the next few years and we here at coltech look forward to seeing where that ends up thank you so much thanks so much for having me on the show this was great yeah no thank you very much and hopefully speaking soon but thank you very much again thank you